Yes, thank you. This is the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to be here. Um, right after, this is the first, the day after, well, two days after, the podcast duel, um, which was controversial. And you know, with the Adorable Boys, it always is. It's one thing you can count on with the Adorable Boys is going to be controversy. Uh, so I guess we'll start there. We'll get into the podcast war in a little few minutes, but talk about uh, the podcast duel yesterday. Thank you to the crowd for coming out, showing support. It's, you know, it's just wonderful to see all the fans. We're building this thing again. First live event since co- coming back on uh, podcast. We used to have live events all the time when we were on terrestrial radio. And, you know, I think we're going to we're just going to keep continuing the live events because it's so much fun. Um, thank you to the crowd. Thank you to the, to, uh, of course, there's a thank you and an apology to Randy, the rocket Rosenthal. Uh, he didn't expect to have to be, uh, the sole commentator when I left to, uh, uh, to make things right in my view. And he, he handled it professionally as he always does. And he's just, he, he's great at everything he does. So thank you, Randy, for, for being there and for being the consummate professional that you are. Um, so I'll tell you what happened yesterday. Uh, we went off the air pretty abruptly. So just through the whole show, I, I was kind of, you know, we didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't start this duel. Joe, the camel boy and low pitch Tim wanted to do the, do the duel. They brought this idea to me. I told them dueling was illegal, but they said they were going to do it anyway. And I figured why not make something of it. And Unfortunately, low pitch Tim isn't that smart, and in the process of training, he went to the firing range and fired a, I don't know what kind of gun he fired, but whatever it was, it was too big for him, and it, the kickback broke his wrist, and I mean mangled it. I saw it, it I, I made him take off the cast, and it was, it just looked shattered, the bone was jagged, it looked like all the bone wasn't even there, you know, he probably lost some. Um, he didn't get it taken care of correctly, even before. Uh, he came to us. So I thought, you know, we had a doctor and I thought he could fix it, but turned out all he did was put duct tape around it, which didn't fix it. I think the guy's a quack. I don't even know if he's a real doctor, but, um, all I know is that after the, the event, he jumped out of the water and I guess he's swimming somewhere in international waters right now. I don't know. Maybe a boat picked him up or something, but anyway, so low pitch Tim goes down to the dueling stage with this broken wrist and, and he's dripping blood and, and he barely, I mean, his shoes have holes in them and it's just a sight to see. And it was just really bumming me out. I didn't want to see this guy get shot. I know it was the first ever podcast duel and that's what we went in thinking was going to happen, but I just didn't want to see him get shot. I mean, I guess maybe I, I guess in my younger days, I probably, I was crazy and I would do anything for ratings, but I think I've evolved. Um, I mean, and there have been deaths on the Adorable Boy radio show and not the podcast yet, but so it wasn't that. It was just this one just didn't seem right to me. So they uh, they started the, they came down. Oh, and, and Joe the Camel Boy was laser focused. I don't know if anyone would have beaten him in this thing. It was, it was, it was a sight to see, actually. He was, he, he looked like, he looked like almost like a reincarnation of Bruce Lee, but with a revolver. 
So they're taking the steps and I just couldn't, it was just, it was building and building and building in my head, you know, like just pressure and pressure, like a, like a pot that's about to overboil. I said, I can't let this happen. So I picked up, um, I, I, I threw my headset off. I ran away and I picked up Frank and beans and ran down from the, where we were to, which is, you know, it's like, like a staircase from where we were to the deck of the boat. And you know, producers are a dime a dozen and, and Frank and beans. He's been here for, you know, a little while, we, you know, and he was, he was actually on our radio show with us. So we've known him for a while. Maybe it was time to get a new producer. So I took Frank and beans and I picked them from my shoulder and then I, I, I raced down and I got there just before they got to the 20th pace, 20th step where they would fire low pitch. Tim dropped the gun. I mean, he was, he was a sitting duck. So they got to 20. Joe turned around, low pitch was trying to pick his gun up. I threw Frankenbeans right after Joe fired. The the bullet hit Frankenbeans in the in the butt. And he's he didn't he's fine. He's at work today. He's not sitting down, but he's here. And even if he wasn't, you know, I mean he's just a producer. You know how how stupid radio producers are and podcast producers, I guess. So I threw him and he got hit by the bullet. Didn't hit low pitch Tim. Low pitch Tim just fell on the ground crying. I think he thought he got shot and, and died. I, I don't know. It's hard to know what he would think. But um, Joe was going to fire again, but his team, he had a whole team too of, uh, they looked like monks and they were just, I guess they're the ones who trained him. I don't know. But <clears throat> went to fire again and the monks didn't let him. Thank goodness for the monks actually. And Randy called it and then, I mean, of course he had to go off the air because he wasn't even sure what to say. Um, there was a lot of legal implications of what someone might say there. And Randy, the consummate professional and the genius that he is, Randy the Rocket Rosenthal, he knew to just be quiet and, and get us off the air as quickly as possible. So that's what he did. And thank you again for that, Randy. So, you know, that, that was it for the duel. We, we turned the boat around, went back to international waters. I mean, when we, we sailed back to shore from international waters and I mean the crowd, I mean, I got feedback out there from the crowd and they all seemed to like it. We had, um, we had a lot of, we had a lot of people there and a lot of normal people, a lot of business people. And then we also had some old show regulars like the, um, just all of them, you know, the friends we've made over the years. And actually a fight broke out between two of them in the crowd. Um, I don't know what their problem was, but I know I'm not going to do a duel. Uh, maybe they, we can settle it some other way because we're always looking for live events and ways to, you know, entertain the podcast audience who we love so much. So um, maybe we'll talk about that a little later, the the players and all that, that fight. But anyway, uh, we get back to shore and Joe and, and uh, low pitch Tim shake hands and, and the adorable boys, normal, mag, magnanimous, uh, you know, that's our, the, as I've said before, the adorable boys are nothing if not magnanimous. We gave them both peanut butter, both big jars of peanut butter and gift cards to get more peanut butter. And, you know, I, I, I think everyone's happy. It was pretty entertaining. We had a lot of production around the show. Um, a lot of good friends, good times. There was, there was, you know, drinks to be had. There was gimlets and gin rickies and just flowing like water. Of course I didn't drink any and, and neither did Randy the rocket cause his body is a temple 
and I try to emulate him. So that was it for the duel. I'm, I mean, you know, there's controversy, sure, but that's how the adorable boy, boys go. You know, when you think you know the answer, we change the question. And that's all that was yesterday. Me throwing frankenbeans in the path of the bullet. That was me changing the question. And if you, you know, if you don't like it, I mean, I've been doing this since I was 18. So I don't know. I don't know what you want. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow a murder to take place just to, to, well, I mean, I will do it to please the fans, but just not that one. That one didn't feel right. So maybe we'll have, we're going to give Joe and, and low pitch him a rest for a while. Um, been a big stressful time for both of them and me and the uh, entire adorable boy family. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll call, they can call in if they want. I don't know if I'll put them on or not, but they can call in and I'm sure they'll be back at some point with, you know, various misadventures. So that's long story short. That's a good, that's the name of a good Colin Quinn one man show. But uh, long story short, that's what happened at the duel. Uh, fun was had by all. We want to thank everyone. And uh, yeah, dueling the duel was, was good. It was good. It was history making first ever podcast duel. I mean, no one died, but people don't always die in a duel. If you know the history of it. Used to be a good way to settle problems. Not now, you know, I've learned maybe it's not the best thing to have on the podcast, but you know, you live and learn. So next live event, who knows what it'll be. I'm sure it'll be great. Okay. Uh, we can take some calls on the pot about the, the duel. If that's what you want to talk about. Uh, we got, we got some calls on the board here. All right. Let's. Let's go to Steve from Yellowstone. What do you got for the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9? Hey, first time, long time. Well, thanks for calling, Steve. What can we do for you? How, how's come you and the Rockets sound exactly the same? So, so you're saying our voices sound exactly the same? Is that what you're, what you're telling me? Yeah. Sounds like you're the same guy. Oh, uh, well, this is a weird call. Um, there's no kind of conspiracy here, Steve. I don't... I, I, I'll take any comparison to Rocket as a, as a compliment, but we're definitely two different people. He's a wrestling legend, and I'm a podcast legend. We're both legends. I don't know that we sound similar. I mean, but okay. I, I don't know what to say to you, Steve. You're, you're coming at me with you guys are the same guy, and that's just not true. Why would we do that? Why would that happen? It's not like we're, we're hurting for people to get on the show. There's a million people who want to be on this show. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have to be two or three or four, five, six different people. I just wouldn't have to do it. Not even seven, eight, or nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. None of, I don't have to be any of those people. 17, 18, 19, 20? No. 21? I don't have to be 21 different people. So your call is kind of useless to me. So I'm going to hang up on you. You know, and to suggest that Randy would be a part of any kind of fraud like that is just, it's despicable. Randy is... is He's the pinnacle of human beings in every way, physical shape, integrity, everything. He's a pinnacle. I, I just don't like the insinuation of any, any foul play in the character of Randy the Rocket Rosenthal. So we're going to go to our next call. Hopefully it's better. All right, let's see. Ramon in West Orange, New Jersey. Ramon, what can we do for you on the Adorable Boy podcast? Hey, I'm actually from Canada there, eh? Uh, can we get one of them their uh, updates on the Frank and Beans? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, he's doing fine. 
you can't sit down. He's got we got him treatment. Right, you know, he just sat on the boat until we went to shore, and he was completely fine. Um, the bullet hit him in like the the fattest part of his uh, of his gluteus maximus muscle, not fat, whatever the the most padding. And he's doing fine. Um, he didn't bleed even that much. I'd bring him in here to talk about it, but I mean, on a regular day, he can't sit down and put headphones on and work a microphone. So I, I don't think he could do it standing with, with a you know a bullet wound in his in his butt. But yeah, he's fine. Don't worry about him. He's just a producer. And if he's not fine, if he you know dies overnight from an infection, he's just a producer. You know how stupid radio producers are, you know. So he'll be fine. But um, I guess thank you for your concern. You haven't shown much concern for me for the the emotional journey that I went on. Um, no one seems to care about old Spud, but that's okay. Spud is a hero. I'm a hero, and we don't we don't need we don't need accolades and we don't need attention. Not me. Not this hero. We'll go with one more call. Okay, Doreen from Hicksville, New York. Doreen, you're on the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 8. I have a feeling this is going to be stupid. Uh, we don't have a phone screener right now. So, Doreen, um, just spread your idiocy, please. Yeah, is any of this real? You, you mean the duel? The, the duel happened yesterday. I mean, there are pictures, there is everything. Um, you're talking about, was the duel real? Yes, it was real. No, like the whole podcast. Really? Uh, is, is it real? Well, dummy, you didn't disappoint. I'm not even, I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, you're listening to it, aren't you? You called it. It's got to be pretty real, doesn't it? These accusations, every week with you callers, accusations. But these aren't the real Adorable Boy fans. These are fans of another radio show, another podcast. I'm not going to even give their name yet. But I just want them to know, they know who they are. And I want them to know that we will not take this sitting down. Stop your callers from pranking here and, and trying to just derail this show. And do it quick, or there will be trouble. And of course, that's not a physical threat. That's a podcast threat. Anyway, um, we're going to send this to commercial. We are going to talk about the podcast war next. And uh, let's just say, a little teaser, it, it centers around a familiar name and face. So... We will be back after this with the Adorable Boy Podcast, episode nine. One away from ten. We want you want to get to us, you can get us at at Adorable Podcast on Twitter. Adorable Podcast on Instagram. The Adorable Boy Podcast on Facebook. AOL keyword Adorable Boy. And anywhere you can download us. Tell your friends to download us anywhere you get your podcast. Adorable Boy Episode 9. We're back after this. All right, we got a live read. Who do we got here? Okay, Enron Childcare. Oh, now this is just a great place. I mean, if you need somewhere to watch your kids in a safe environment and trustworthy environment, you go to Enron Childcare. They don't know. All they do is watch kids, and that's what they're best at. They don't know anything about the SEC. They don't know anything about insider trading. They don't know anything about fraud. All they know about is watching kids, and you can trust them. You can trust them to take care of your kids 
as if they were taking care of your retirement. But they won't take care of your retirement because they don't do that. They don't know anything about energy. They don't know anything about that business. All they do is take care of children, and they do it great. Um, if I had children, I would drop them off there and feel completely confident. And maybe I'll have children just so I can bring them to Enron, childcare. Uh, so if you really need a childcare place that's going to take care of those kids and, and not like steal your retirement or, I don't know, sell your kids, because maybe some childcare places do that, I don't know. But if you want one that definitely won't, you go to Enron, Enron childcare, and you have your kids watched all day, and you'll probably get them back. Enron childcare, you can trust us. This fall, you'll find out that the law has a heart. Oh, you're going to have to testify. But, but I'm scared. Yeah, I know it's been stressful. I'll do my best. Okay, while you're doing that, I need to sharpen a pencil for you. I'm scared. Um, are you gonna do anything but sharpen that pencil? I'm on trial for murder here. Well, what is your plan for my defense? Well, I started working as an attorney when you was 15 years old. I, why did you tell me that? Are, are you going to defend me or am I going to go to jail for murder? Okay, you can use this pencil. Pencil? Uh, there's like 20 pencils in front of you. Can I get a different lawyer? is paying for me to be here. Nothing's coming out of your pocket. So do you have any defense planned? I got a couple pencils. Well, I'm going to jail. This fall, learn what it's like to be the law and keep order. Suspenseful Cop Show. I am not a crook, but I was the first president in China. I really screwed it up with that Watergate thing, huh? And those hidden tapes didn't do me any good either. Hmm. Anyway, you are listening to the Adorable Boy Podcast. Four more years. Four more years. Thank you, Mr. President. Wonderful. It's, a, it's an honor to have you lead us back into the Adorable Boy Pod Show. <laughs> Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 8, Episode 9. Wow, I am off. I guess that duel kind of had me uh, a little frazzled, if you will. Podcast War. I think we all know what time it is now. And I know that one person is probably sitting there in there in Kentucky, shaking in his boots. I will tell the Adorable Boy audience right now, Mr. James E. Cornett did not sign the treaty. There has been no contact. He has not surrendered. 
the podcast war is back on against the Jim Cornette podcast. And just to catch everyone up, because I know there are new uh, listeners every week, we, uh, we, we waged a war, waging a podcast war on kowtowing. One of our early targets was James E. Cornette of the uh, Cornette podcast, whatever the heck it's named. And he's one of the lead kowtowers. Um, we waged a war, and within a week, he surrendered by blocking us on Twitter, which is clearly a surrender. We just wanted him to sign a treaty to make the surrender official, and he won't even do that. So now, he, since he hasn't done that, we've given him plenty of time. Uh, the, the, the podcast battle now focuses on him again. So, Jim, get ready. This is going to be tough for you. We're going to dig up something from your past, something probably pretty embarrassing for you. So, Frank and Bean's going to queue up a video from the YouTube. Yeah, come on in, Frank. You're going to do the video. Uh, how you feeling? Eh, no one cares anyway. So, just get this video. Let me see what the video is titled here. It is titled, Jim Cornette, Bedside Interview After Being Injured at the Hands of Bob Armstrong. And so while we're listening, I just want you to um, understand that this is just showing Jim Cornette's character, uh, in my opinion, and who he is and, and and why his podcast is ruining podcasts, in my opinion. Why, um, why, we, you know, why we're fighting this war, basically, this hashtag podcast war. So here's Jim Cornette, Smoky Mountain Wrestling uh, was a promotion. This is a video, a promo that he did. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a description first. He's in a bedroom. He's sitting on a bed. And he has just teddy bears and stuffed animals all around him. And uh, legendary wrestler Dr. Tom Pritchard, at this point he was part of the Heavenly Bodies. He's standing there next to him. He's on the phone. And there's another one, the other Heavenly Body. His name escapes me, escapes me right now. But Jim Cornette is there wearing a white T-shirt with a big white teddy bear in his lap and a mint green uh, baseball hat and a neck brace. 1992, Jim Cornette shows his true colors. Hashtag podcast war. Mom, have you got mom on the phone yet? Well, I'm trying, Jim. They keep putting me on hold. Uh, yeah, this is long distance. Okay, so he's trying to contact his mom. He's having uh, Tom Pritchard do the phone call. Uh, it's a long distance call. Apparently he's sitting, his bed has like a, a wooden headboard with a mirror on it. And it's pretty nice. Actually. His mom probably bought it for him. So, uh, here we go. Play it again. Uh, Frank and beans. It what is she still at the diamond mine in South Africa? Yeah, she is Jim. Yeah. And they're trying to get through to her. What's... Yes. It's long distance. I keep trying to tell let, you. Let, let, let me, let me, let me do, let me do, okay. let me do. Hey, look. Okay. Now Jim is, uh, He's trying to contact his mom, who seems like she was a wonderful lady, if she's still with us. I don't know. This isn't about his mom. This is about him kowtowing. His mom seemed to be smart and very uh, thrifty. Not thrift, not thrifty cheap, but very crafty, I guess is what I meant to say. Very successful woman. So now Jim's going to go on the phone with uh, these people in diamond mines, somewhere I don't know where. And he's going to you know, do what he does best, which is try to belittle people. So l just listen to this for his character. Here, I'm I'm trying to get a hold of my mother. Well, well, who's running things down there? Well, who's the head, you bangy? Look, I want her on the phone in 20 minutes. It Listen to how he speaks to people. That's not how you get things done. That's not how a, a an integrity-filled podcaster speaks to people. Not now, not ever. People aren't there just to serve you, Jim Cornette. As podcasters, we are there to serve the people, and that's what you don't get. 
You kowtow to the higher-ups trying to impress them. You don't understand what we podcasters do, so why are you doing it? Hit play. If she don't call me back, then heads are going to roll down there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't mess around with me. Digging a hole in the ground. Don't mess around with you? Who do you think you are, Jim Cornette? And digging holes in the ground, that's how they get stuff done. You think you're better than that? No. If, if, if there's a metaphor, the adorable, adorable boys are the podcast that's in the trenches, digging the holes, doing the work. While the Cornette podcast sits atop doing nothing, providing nothing, no value, in our opinion. I mean, this guy just really gets me. Won't even sign the treaty after he surrendered by blocking us on, tr- on Twitter. Doesn't have the decency to do that. Hit play. See what this sounds like. Idiot. He hung up on the guy and called him an idiot. That's the visual there. They can call me back. They, well, they're, they're, she's out in the field. Jim. What, Jimbo? Jim. Now, the other heavenly body, his name is Jim. I don't remember his last name. He found a stuffed animal he likes, and he's, uh, he's, it makes some kind of sound effects, and he's asking Jim Cornette. Um, well, he, I see, I've seen this already, so he asked him if he can have the stuffed animal. Can I have this one? I like it. Yes, Jimmy, you can have that one. Thanks. It'll make you happy. I'm sorry to keep breaking in, but do you hear how condescending that is? That's how he talks to his, his tag team, the, one that he, the, the guy that he's managing. He treats them with that little respect, and that's the kind of respect that he treats podcast listeners to. Two. You know, I think you can see that I'm feeling... Now, Jimmy, play later. Play later now. Just sit down. I... More condescension to his own tag team, to the guy he works with, to the guy he manages. So here he's going to go off on uh, Bob Armstrong, a hero of the wrestling business. So... Which is kind of like what he does with the adorable boys. We're legends and we're heroes of the podcasting business. And he thinks that he can just waltz in. You know, it's not going to happen. All right, hit play. I think you can see that I'm feeling a little bit better this week than the last time you saw me. The only thing I've done in the interim period of time is go to SummerSlam. I drug myself up because I'm such a man. I drug myself. You're such a man, Jim Cornette? No, the adorable boys. We're men. That's, who's, that's who the men are. You know, you, you sitting in a bed with teddy bears doesn't really strike me as a man. Got teddy bears all around, teddy bears all around him. Ugh. Up out of this deathbed, and I went to SummerSlam, and I watched the heavenly bodies get ripped off at the hands of the Steiner brothers. But the, the thing is already in the works to bring the Steiner brothers back here to Smoky Mountain Wrestling to defend those belts. We went to their backyard, Detroit, Michigan, their hometown, with one of those WWF referees in a hometown crowd, and they had all the advantages going there. They had all the advantages. Jim, it was a fair fight. I remember that fight. Stop with your, with your blasphemy. That's what it is. The w- WWE now, WWF then, their officials, they, they're above reproach. Don't even bring that. I mean, it's one thing for you not to have integrity, but to question others, come on. Their way, but things are going to be a little bit different next time. But as you can see, I'm thinking about September the 12th and September the 17th right here in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I've already got my Smoky Mountain Wrestling commissioner's cap on, Bob Armstrong. And it is the ugliest cap you've ever seen. Let me just say that. 
I'm getting just in the mood to be the commissioner. You know, he was the most well-dressed businessman in, in history with that clip-on tie, that redneck shirt, and this hat. Well, I assure you, when I wear the commissioner's hat, some heads that are under... Jim Cornette calling someone a redneck. <laughs> Go figure. ...underneath it are going to be rolling, and they ain't going to be mine. Now, you see, Bob Armstrong... You say that you're supposedly the, the shining knight around here and you're supposedly Mr. Fair Play and Mr. Honesty. Bob Armstrong was all of those things, just so you know. A wrestling family, you know, integrity up the wazoo, if I may use that term. And, and you know, Jim Cornette always tries to take down the best of us, you know. And that's what he's doing here. He's trying to take down Bob Armstrong. That's what he's trying to do to the adorable boys. And Mr. Integrity, Armstrong family tradition, pay what you owe and pay it on time. Well, I seem to recall a year and a half ago when Smoky Mountain Wrestling got started, there was one hole that you banned, one hole that you said was so devastating, was so crippling, that it could never be used in a professional wrestling ring legally, and that was the pile driver. And you crusaded, and you campaigned, and you fined people like Mr. Yeah, at least he has principles, Jim. His principles. Ugh, something your podcast knows nothing about. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and you did everything you could do to stop the use of the pile driver. So what happens when you get in the ring with Jim Cornette in an anything goes match? Not one, but two pile drivers. See how history is repeating itself? He's doing the same, the same exact thing is happening. You go into wrestling, Jim Cornette, you might get pile driven. It just happens. You come into the podcast world, the best podcasters out there, the adorable boys, might come and produce great content that makes you your podcast look like a a backyard pony dance, whatever that is. Ugh. You get mad about being pile-driven by a wrestling legend? You knew the risk when you went into that ring, Jim Cornette, and you know the risk when you put out your podcast every week. Well, that's okay. So now we see that you don't practice what you preach. But I'll tell you... <laughs> Ironic, huh, Jim? You're not practicing. You're not doing the right thing and just just signing the, the treaty for surrender. Hmm. Something about me, Bob Armstrong, and the heavenly bodies. We practice what we preach, and we preach death destruction. You preach kowtowing. That's what you preach, Jim. Back that up a little because you were saying something there. Preach. And we preach death, destruction, and dishonor to the Armstrong family. You preach death, destruction, and dishonor. I can't, you, truer words are never spoken, Jim Cornette, especially by you. While you preach death and destruction, the adorable, the adorable boys preach life and togetherness and harmony and quality podcasting. You preach kowtowing, Jim. You preach kowtowing. And that's what's going to happen in these two big matches coming up. If you ever want to be employed again, Bob Armstrong, if you ever want to... And he's threatening to get his powerful mom to, to, to run wrestling legend Bob Armstrong out of the business. Just keeps history repeating itself. History repeating itself. Earn a living for your family again. Then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to face my challenge. September the 17th in Freedom Hall. Face our challenge, Jim. Take your own advice. Sign the treaty. We grow weary of destroying you with quality content every week. 
I don't want to have to spend so much of my podcast on this. The adorable boys are better than this. But it is a war we must fight. We must get down in the trenches. We must plunge our hands into the muck. So that our fans don't have to listen don't have to listen to kowtowing podcasts. Johnson City, you're going to be taking on my secret weapon. Now, if you beat my secret weapon, then I'll have to leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling for good. And of course, the heavenly bodies would go with me because we're a match set. Hey, we'll do something like that, Jim. We'll have a podcast contest and the, the loser has to leave podcasting. I tell you, it won't be us leaving. That's why you won't do it. But if my secret weapon beats you, Bob Armstrong, then you're gone. You're out of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You can't wrestle. You can't be the commissioner. You can't do nothing. Who is my secret weapon? Like we've said before, they've been bandying names around. Is it a, a World Wrestling Federation? All right, we're going to stop it there. It's, the rest is just dysentery of the mouth from one Jim Cornette. Jim, the war goes on, you know, and we're coming after you. And we might dedicate the podcast war segment every week to you. To bring, bringing up things from your past or your present. Maybe we'll get a time machine, look into your future. But I do know as long as that podcast is on, you're going to be kowtowing. Maybe you can change your future, Jim. Maybe you can be better. Sign the treaty. Be better. Change your future. It doesn't have to be like your past because you just seem to repeat your past mistakes over and over again. The adorable boys are the reckoning. The adorable, the adorable boys will not rest until you stop kowtowing. And if we have to destroy your podcast to get you to stop kowtowing, that's what we're going to do. We're sick of this, Jim Cornette. Sick and tired. Sign the treaty. Sign the treaty. This has been the Adorable Boy Podcast War Update. The war rages on. And we're going to be here for you guys. No matter how long, no matter how how hard we have to fight. The Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9. We'll be back after this. Suspenseful Cop Show, proud sponsor of the Adorable Boy Duel, bring to you Suspenseful Cop Show Character Profile. Better looking than she should be female detective. So what's it like being a detective? Oh, I see so many horrific things that it makes it impossible for me to have a relationship. And men are always intimidated by a woman in power. Oh, then why did why are we on a date? Because it gives viewers a more intimate look into my character's psyche. No matter what, she always puts the victim's needs first. I know it's tough, but I promise we're going to put him away for good. But what if you don't find him before he gets to me? Well, then he'll probably kill you, and then we won't have any case against him. It doesn't happen too often. You want some juice? And when it's time to take care of business, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. I'll turn the lights off. Got him. Suspenseful Cop Show. Justice is a...
Yes, we are back in the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9. Thank you for joining us. Um, we just had the Special Cop Show promo. We want to thank them again for sponsoring the Adorable Boy Podcast tool. Word is that they're happy with it, um, even how it turned out. So we are we are very happy about that. Um, so what are we gonna let's see? We got a lot. Feed, we got a lot. Still a lot left to do here. No guests today. We're kind of just a relaxing, you know, kind of just not relaxing, but but figuring things out after the adorable boy duel, which was so uh, controversial and so entertaining, if I do say so myself. All right, as some of you know who have listened, a lot of times I like to give advice to people, just people who need it, that I feel need it. Kind of a public service that I offer, and uh, I think it helps. So I'm going to offer some advice. Um, If you've been watching the news, and we'll probably talk about it later when we do the news, uh, a lot of rioting going on out there. There was another police shooting, and it's, you know, it's, no matter what happens, no matter, even if the person is, is clearly guilty of something, when, when, when someone gets shot, it's, it's a terrible thing. And, you know, it could be everything about the situation is terrible. Everything that leads up to it, the shooting, it's all. And we like to keep it light here on the Adorable Boys. But again, sometimes there are, are, are people or groups out there that I need, I need to give advice to. Really helped uh, Deshaun Jackson out a lot after his anti-Semitic comments. Um, I forget who else, but there was other. I gave other advice, even here on the podcast. Some people called me a sage. Some people called you know, whatever they want to call me, that's up to them. But I have some advice for people reacting to the riots. Okay, now this uh, this last one. He was a young man. He got shot in front of his kids. I don't know what the I don't know what the official story is. I saw a video, and he was going to reach into his car, and the cops shot him. So I guess I didn't know what he's reaching for. I'm not taking sides. We support the police here on the Adorable Boy podcast. But I would li- I do like to know all the ins and outs of a situation before I I comment. Now, this man wasn't killed. I think he is paralyzed, though, now. So that, that is a tragedy. But here's the thing, and, and I don't know the situation. I'm not a police officer. I wasn't there. I, I, I can't make split seconds split second decisions like that. I can, but I mean, that's not my place in this situation since I wasn't there. But what I can do is give some advice to the people who are now rioting over it. Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is where this shooting took place. It's, uh, from what I've seen, there's a lot of violence going on. So, rioters. And I, I don't assume you're after justice because you're rioting. But I'm gonna, just going to give you some, some advice. When the mother of the victim comes out and says that the riots are useless and just, just more violence, maybe your time is up. Maybe they see what you're doing. Now, I get being angry about things, but at no point does that mean that you can start destroying property or lives. So when you go to burn down you know, these stores and the mother says, don't do that, stop doing it because the game is over. Everyone sees now what you're doing, whereas before maybe they didn't, but now they do. So I'm saying choose your battles, rioters. The, the, the mother of the victim is coming out and openly condemning you. As she should. And it takes courage for her to do that. And I applaud her. But so now that they're openly condemning you, just stop doing it. Because you move on to the next one where you can find a way to, I don't know what your end goal is, but whatever. Another piece of advice for you guys. If there's a big sign like, say, in a car dealership, a big tall sign, one of those, you know, white signs of black lettering that we always see that are easy to change out. 
if it's one of those and it says it, it, it has a message supporting your cause and it had that before any of this even happened, maybe burning that down and allowing the media to get pictures of that sign amidst a burning rubble, maybe that's not the best idea. Because doesn't that call your your cause into question? I mean, you burned down a place that was that was supporting you before any of this happened. Burned it to the ground. It had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with the shooting. Someone's business, you burn to the ground. It, it just doesn't look good for you, rioters. It just doesn't. Um, what else? Was there anything else? I think that might be all the advice I have for you today. So, I mean, if you could just, if you could just listen, this is going to go a lot better for you. But when I, now that I think about it, I don't want things to go better for you because you're exploiting a tragedy for just to be able to, to cause violence. So I don't want it to go better for you. So don't, don't listen to anything I said. Everything, everything you're doing is fine. Everything is fine. I'm going to go to the phones. Um, see what you guys have to think. This is, a, after all, a, a listener-driven show. Um, a great radio personality once taught me phones are the key to any show, any broadcast. So let's see. We have Clint, and he is in Mississippi. Clint, what do you got for us? Hi. So what are you saying? There's no racism in the country. No, I'm not saying that at all. Of course there are. there is racism in the country. There's there's bad things everywhere. Um what I'm saying though is that this movement that's going on doesn't seem to really care about the ra- actual racism that's going on. You have all your sports stars and you have your actors and you have all these people coming out, but they're not really addressing any of the real problems. They're they're not even saying they're not even saying any of the real problems. They're just condemning our country for being racist and not suggesting any fixes. So I just don't see the point. So I'm not saying there is no racism. Of course there is. There's racism, there's sexism, there's, there's all these things. But what I am saying is America is not an inherently prejudiced country. In fact, throughout history, I mean, if you look back, we're one of the least prejudiced countries. Does that mean we're perfect? No. Does that mean we don't we we don't have a lot of jackasses around? Of course we do. But if you would listen to all none of them if if even if they would give some some actual workable solutions, I'd listen to I'd listen to them. But LeBron James and and the NBA and the NFL and the MLB all they're doing is is saying that there's racism and and not really doing anything about it. Except for, um, possibly, from what I heard, boycotting games. That Milwaukee Bucks boycott their uh, their game tonight, which I, I'm sure they wouldn't have been able to do if there was a uh, crowd in the stands. I'm sure the empty stands makes that a lot easier. But but when when these big organizations are are, are lying about what they're doing, they're actually hurting the cause. So. That's what I'm saying, Mr. Italian in Mississippi. I don't know how that happened, but okay, that's what I'm saying. All right, next call. The name is blank. So uh, I don't know what our phone screener is doing, but the name on here is blank. So we're going to you, blank name. Oh, Spud, I don't think the judge would like to hear your racist opinions. Okay, that's you again. All right, Um, let me just explain you. Again, for the new listeners, 
So this is the head of the unthinking mob, and they seem to be in control of a lot of things. And uh, they said that. Um, well, I had a whole thing with I had news networks on the podcast, and the one of them just kept coming on and calling me racist and never saying any news. So, so apparently they took that to court, and I was I was um, convicted as a racist. I didn't know there was a trial, and it happened in like three days. And I didn't know until afterwards that this even happened. So instead of going to jail, they said I have to allow the leader of the unthinking mob time on my podcast. And it actually has turned out okay because, as I've said before, why, why I keep allowing this to happen. Because I'm not scared of jail. But why I keep allowing him to come on is that he really just shows his, his ignorance and stupidity. And, you know, just that he's a bad person. And the whole unthinking mob is, the, is as he is. So here he is. He's going to spout some stupidity, and then I'm probably going to fight him and whatever. So uh, I don't know his name. I don't know if it's a woman, man. The voice is obviously, um, you know, hidden, whatever, voice changer. So here he goes. Just, uh, I don't know. If you want to go do something else for a few minutes, just go ahead and do it now. All right, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead, idiot. Well, that wasn't a very nice introduction, Spud. And I believe I'll take my time this week. But I will point out, it's not very... I don't think the judge would appreciate you talking this way about people who are fighting against injustice. Racist. Yeah, I know. I'm a racist. Um, They're not really fighting against injustice. They're just, as I said before, they're just putting out demands that don't really have any way to be satisfied. So that they continue... They can continue to, to make the demands. To make more demands and to to never end this cycle. So what anyway, I know you're not listening to me. So um you, you know, just let's just they're destroying things and hurting people, is all I'm saying. Well if they're not actually fighting for justice, why are so many mayors and governors and political officials supporting them? Well, I think it's because they're scared and they feel like they've lost control and they have and they don't know what to do. They're they're in a real they're in a they're in a real tough position. They aren't scared, Spud. They're freedom fighters. They understand the fallacy of private property. If you own anything, if you've ever produced something, then you are an exploiter and you deserve what you get, up to and including violent death. Okay, I know this is the fight that people have been having for hundreds of years, but um, so what you're saying is that anyone who produces anything or creates anything, or makes something, or invents something, they're evil and they're exploiters. That's, I just want to clear up that that's your position. Huh. You finally got something right, Cupcake. So let me ask you, uh, how are you calling me right now? Um, on a phone. Okay, what, find, what kind of phone? Who, who made it? Um, of course, it's an iPhone 11. I, I don't know who made it. I just get it at the store. What, what are you talking about? Who made it? They're just there. Okay, they're made by Apple. So... Isn't it, aren't you supporting that terrible company and those terrible people who made your phone? And, and, and that phone then isn't your, even your property. I could just come and take it because there is no property. Because if you had property, then you, you would be an exploiter. And of course you're not. You're the leader of the unthinking mob, aren't you? Aren't you, little fella? It would have been made whether I bought it or not. Someone else would have bought it if I didn't. Well, not really. I mean, you have a whole mob. If all of you think the same and didn't buy it, then Apple would be hurting. 
all the people throughout the country who, who think like you do, you wouldn't be giving money to that evil company that created that and allowed you to do all the things that you can now do, which I'm sure is organize your unthinking mob. So you really shouldn't have a phone. And, you know, you shouldn't have any private property, as I said. That's enough, Spud. I'm not going to entertain your racism anymore. I think you are beyond help. Now listen to me, Buster. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary to senselessly destroy property and infringe upon the rights of innocent people, the unthinking mob will be at the head of the movement. Our mostly white heroes will go into neighborhoods and harass other people. We will also burn down businesses and commit violent acts against police and anyone else we desire. We will destroy the neighborhood because that is our only recourse. Okay, hold on. No, why do you have to take violent recourse? Why can't you take legal recourse and, and, and study and figure things out and get the movement together? Moral, you know, you could, you could boycott like Martin Luther King Jr. did. You can, you can just, just peacefully resist. And that's, that, in my opinion, would get your message out there so much better. Why can't you do those things? Your little wimpy moral and, and boycotts won't work, Spud. We need real change. And, and most, of these, most of those people are incapable of anything but violence. They need us to lead them because they can't take care of themselves. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean those people? Who, who are you talking about? Who, who is only capable of violence and can't take care of themselves? Who is that? What? You just said some people are only capable of violence, but you didn't say who. Who, who, who are these people? I didn't say that. You did. You just did. You are a racist. The leader of the unthinking mob is a racist. I know who you were talking about, and that is, that, is, that is the core of who you are and the kind of thing that is destroying our country, that kind of racism. Everyone knows you're the racist, bud. Don't try and pull that on me. I'm doing things to help people, people that can't help themselves. They need me. They can't do it without me. I have the power. They aren't smart. They, they need me. You have white privilege, bud. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go straight to the judge. This is the last straw. Get ready. That judge is gonna, he's gonna give you the death penalty. And it's gonna be because of me. I'm gonna watch you die, Spud. You're gonna die for your racism. All right. Well, that didn't take too long this week, did it? Um, gives us quite an insight into the mind of the unthinking mob, huh, guys? Adorable boy, disciples. Just, uh, just, just pathetic. I, I, every week they make themselves look worse, and it's just, uh, it's just terrible. Okay, we got some other things to do today. Uh, I was watching in the news, and Joe Biden said that uh, if that the one thing he would do if elected president would he would declare he would mandate um, uh, face coverings and national mandate, which Trump was reticent to do. And most, a lot of states did it anyway. I mean, you know, that is within their power as a state. Uh, but Biden said he would mandate them. And he also said that if he was elected president and doctors told him, now we don't elect doctors, remember, they just go to school. We elect presidents. We don't elect, we don't elect doctors. But anyway, he said that if doctors told him to, then he would also shut down the economy again, which, I mean, I, I'm no economist, but I'm pretty sure that would destroy the country. So... But anyway, um, I heard about all these, and then I thought to myself, well, I want to look into some other policies that Biden might have. So I found some. I found some policies that might be, uh, 
might come straight from the Biden administration. So I'm going to just going to share some with you, uh, if you don't mind. I think it'll give us a good insight and, and the adorable boys want our podcast fans to be uh, educated come November when it's time to vote. And let's start now. That's what we say. So also another one from doctors. He said, if doctors tell him to, this is Joe Biden, he will require, he will require uh, prescriptions for every citizen for an umbrella that they must carry around in case they get wet. Uh, we don't want people getting wet. And, you know, I mean, that's his opinion. I'm not going to say whether it's going to affect my vote. If I, if I will, if I'm more likely or less likely to vote for him, but these, it's good to know the policies. It really is. I think we have an idea of what the Trump presidency was like and what it'll be for four more years. So I'm just giving these policies to you to see if we can figure out what the Biden presidency will be like. And you can see if you want to vote for him. All right, here's another one. All women in the country under the age of 25 will be required to come to Washington once per year for an official sniff test with President Biden. And there are weight restrictions on that. So I guess if you're either over a certain weight, you uh, you don't go or, or I, don't, I don't know how that'll work. But that's all I have here. But I guess just get, I, I think the trip will be paid to so get a free women will get a free trip to Washington. So that's good, right? That might make some women want to vote for him. All right. Here's another one. All dancing toasters that support Donald Trump will have their cords cut. Um, Maybe the, I don't know where that one came from. I don't know what dancing toasters are, and uh, I don't think it's proper to threaten people for who they might vote for, but okay, that was, uh, we'll move on. Okay, here's another one. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh will be investigated for a noise complaint from 1974. If found guilty, he will be removed from the court and banished into the negative zone. I mean, I believe that Joe Biden has access in the, to the negative zone either he or Kamala Harris or the Democratic Party as a whole. So um, if you like Justice Kavanaugh, hopefully that doesn't happen, I guess. All right. The U.S. will stop any existing investigation that has anything to do with the Ukraine. So we just won't. We, I guess he figures we, we've done all we can. We figured out everything we can about the Ukraine. All right. Another one. If grocers tell him, he will mandate that all eggs are to be scrambled or hard-boiled. So if you're a fan of poached eggs, this might swing your vote towards Trump. Um, I don't know the, the logic behind this. I don't know why he wants this to be the case, but that's what I'm hearing anyway. All right, here's another one. Kamala Harris will be officially referred to as mom by every American. I mean, that seems sweet, I guess. We all could use a, a mom, I guess. I mean, if most people, I don't know. But I, that's just an, I don't know who that's going to swing. I think that's just the policy they want. Okay, next one. Uh, Joe Biden is a good Catholic, as we have heard uh, a bunch of times. And this one it regards the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church will officially embrace abortion and will perform one on a woman in the parish each Sunday. Each Sunday. If no woman in the parish wants an abortion, one will be forced upon them. Now, abortion is a big issue. Again, I'm going to keep my opinion uh, private, but it's a big issue in this country and, and both sides, you know, may have some points and, but if you're going to vote for Biden, if, if you like abortion, you'll probably vote for Biden. If you don't, you won't. 
forcing an abortion on someone in a church seemed, I don't know, cultish to me. I don't know if it's going to be done like on the altar. That, that'd be, you know, that'd be sacrilegious. But I, maybe it'll just be done in the back somewhere. Maybe they'll put abortion facilities in each Catholic church. Because I've heard Joe Biden is, is a very good Catholic, so I assume he would have the Pope's okay on this. All right. Here's his next one, and this is an odd one. I'm reading it right now. Uh, it just says, me, sexual assault? I doubt it. So I'll move on. Uh, here, tomato soup and tuna fish for lunch. I don't know if that means for everyone every day, or maybe they'll just provide it for you if you want it, or maybe they, they might make you eat it. I don't know. But uh, if you like tomato soup and tuna fish, a vote for Biden might be the way for you to go. All right. When Joe Biden becomes president, this is a possible policy he might have. Uh, rioting is mandatory. So I guess get used to the violence. Uh, here's another one. This is just more of a statement. If you don't vote for Biden, you ain't human. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I assume at least 40% of the country at worst is going to vote for Trump. So I guess he's saying that 40% of the country isn't human. Next one. These are possible Joe Biden policies if he's elected president. If carpenters recommend it, all molding will be crown for the good of the union. So if you're not a fan of crown molding, you might want to think about voting for Trump because it seems like Biden's going all in on that. I love crown molding. I don't know if I like it being forced upon people. And I assume if Biden does have a term and then, and then whenever he's out of office, there might have to be an amendment to the Constitution saying crown, mold crown molding will be forced on no one. But I like crown molding, so who knows? All right, this is, again, this is more of a, a advice on how to live from the possible Biden campaign. Americans only need to know what I tell them. Okay, we'll move on from that. All right, here's, oh, here's an interesting one. Now, if you live in Chicago, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. So he here we go. Possible Biden policy. If there aren't 10 murders per day in Chicago, federal officers will report to Chicago City Hall to execute the necessary number of citizens to reach 10. So no matter what, there will be at least 10 murders in Chicago every day. Uh, these victims will preferably be children who are being held by their mothers. So I guess that's two for each. So five pairs of a child and the mother. Now, I don't, I don't know about this one. Because if I lived in Chicago, I wouldn't want to think that, especially if I'm a young mother, that the federal officers are going to come get me and, and kill me just to keep a quota. That, that could, if, if that is a Joe Biden policy, that could swing the election. All right, this is good news for, for uh, Corn Pop. He, Corn Pop will be Secretary of the Treasury, Head of the Federal Reserve, and he will continue to be the king of the Star Street public pool. Good for Corn Pop. I mean, I applaud that. I, I guess he's still alive. I don't know. I guess I'll have to find him. But, And then here's the last one on, on possible Joe Biden policies. This may or may not have been written by Joe Biden. Where's mama? How many more months do I have to do this? So I guess he's looking forward to the election, I guess, is, is one way to to interpret that. So there we go. Those are some possible Joe Biden policies if he's elected president of the United States of America. And we will know that in November 2020. So we'll see. I mean, I know Corn Pop will be happy if he gets uh, elected, if Corn Pop is still alive. All right, we are, we are 
full steam ahead on this Adorable Boy podcast. We're going to head to break. We're going to come back and do the news. And then we'll probably wrap it all up. Great show. Adorable Boy podcast number nine. Episode number nine. Um, you want to get us on social media. At uh, Adorable Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Same thing. Adorable Podcast. Facebook is the Adorable Boy Podcast. Um any kind of social media, you download us wherever you get your podcast, you tell your friends, and it's just a party. Everyone loves you. Everyone. Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9. We'll be back after this. You know Sally. Sally with three kids. You know Sally. Well, Sally bought a wig. The foolproof stretch wig called at once. The look is foolproof because the fiber is foolproof. Brush it curly or straight. You never set it. Wash it and wear it and... The stretch wig called at once. At your self-service wig party display. So foolproof you can buy it without trying it on. You're listening to the podcast that reaches the beaches. Oh no, it's a shark! Run! It just ate a puppy. It's growing legs and walking on the sand. It's man shark! Ah! The Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you, Man Shark. We are back on the Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9. Thank you for joining us. Um, I believe it's time to do some news, and we love doing news. It's it's one of our passions. News, 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 news. News. All right, so what do we got in the news today? Uh, the Republican National Convention is going on. Been watching a little bit of that. like the speakers they're choosing. I'll tell you that. Um... It's, I, I watched the Democratic one last week, and what really got me was that girl from Seinfeld. Her name escapes me at this moment. Um, and and not that she she, she was making jokes, and I, I mean I'm sure they're written for her by stand-ups or someone or writers. Maybe I know whatever. But there was just so much desperation. It's like if if you think like when someone like really wants to get someone and they're so desperate and you can sense it on them, then things become less funny. And I think that's what happened with her. The jokes were okay. I mean, they were kind of funny, actually. But it just it just came off as as desperate. And um, so it wasn't that funny. And I don't think the Republicans have tried to go funny, which is a good move because it's just it's not going to work if you're going to try and go funny at one of one of the one of these things. But they had that guy Nick Sandman. Um, he was the one. He was at a, a pro-life rally in Washington, and an older gentleman came up, a Native American, and he, and he started banging the drum or something. And the media really painted this kid. He's 18, I think he was 17 or 18 at the time. Painted him as a terrible person, and it turned out he just stood there. He looked like, you know, he did look smug in the pictures they showed, but it was out of context. The guy just walked up to him and started beating his drum, and he was just smiling at him. That's, you know, the story. And, I mean, it seems like it's right because... 
after the media tried to smear this kid, he sued them for it, and he's he's won a few settlements. And I just thought it was funny, and I'm sure others have pointed this out. But he was on CNN because they were airing the national convention, the Republican national convention, and um, and he was t- talking about basically how CNN, you know, tried to ruin his life. I just thought, and he was vindicated really in court and even in public opinion, he was. Um, yeah, they had other, uh, they had Jack Brewer, I believe his name was Jack. I know it's Brewer. Uh, it's a former NFL player when he was talking about, um, you know, I, he's a Republican. So yeah, the, the convention has been pretty, you know, what you would expect it to be. It was a really good speech. I think, I don't know the guy's name. He was a, an immigrant, um, from, I don't know, from, I don't know where he's from. But he was talking about um, how he came. He is, oh, he, I think he was from Cuba, because he talked about how he escaped, you know, socialism and all that kind of stuff. And it was just really good. Um, really, re- really puts forth the ideals of the country. I think. So there we go. Republican National Convention. What you expect? Uh, no terrible Seinfeld actresses making jokes that didn't work. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Let's see. What else do we have here for the news? Nancy Pelosi said that um, that Biden shouldn't debate Trump, which I just think is insane. I just think it's funny, all of these things that no one ever had a problem with, you know, presidential debates and and. Voting in person. Now, I understand that a little bit for the virus, but if we can go other places, we can we can go to vote. But anyway, now she she's and and she used the word. Let, let me tell you something, people out there, adorable boy disciples. She used the word skullduggery. Now, this woman makes choices that affect people's lives in the entire country, and she used the word skullduggery. Now, if someone is in that position, they shouldn't use the word skullduggery. In my opinion, that means they've been around too long. Um, and and the last person that that should have used the word skullduggery, that was a politician, should have been I don't know maybe maybe nineteen ninety. I'll give it a nineteen. I'll give you till nineteen ninety, thirty years ago. So I just think it's funny skullduggery. He's skullduggerous, according to uh, Nancy Pelosi, who I, I I imagine a lot of people would think is pretty skullduggerous herself. Um, so the skullduggery knows no bounds, apparently. You know, when you think of the adorable boys, you think of magnanimity. You definitely don't think of skullduggery, and definitely you don't think of kowtowing. Um, so Nancy Pelosi is offended by the skullduggery of the present president, which, um, interesting. Here we go, uh. Tom Cotton says he's going to expose Biden in primetime RNC speech. It's more on the national uh, convention. He's just going to say what everyone else says and what everyone else knows. So I don't, I, I, I don't hold out much hope for any kind of e- exposure of uh, Biden. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. There are more riots. There was a shooting in Wisconsin. The man didn't die. Uh, watch the video. And we, we talked about it earlier, I think. But apparently now there's more um, looting in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh, so that's makes no sense. But anyway, 
I saw something on uh, on social media. If you want to get the Adorable Boys on Facebook, it's the Adorable Boy podcast on Facebook. Just search that. It said, um, it said uh, another. Poli- it was like two people talking. Said another police shooting, and then the other person said, um, "Why can't they just you know protest peacefully?" And then it said NBA players uh, boycott season, and then it has a guy saying, "No, don't not like that." But I don't know anyone who is mad about the NBA boycotting the season. I don't I, listen. I don't the, I think the NBA's time might've come and they're not going to, they're a huge organization. And they're not going to dissolve. That would be, that would be unlikely though. I guess it's possible. It's, it's unlikely that this whole thing will lead to their fat, the, the situation where they can't exist. But I, I don't know anyone who misses, especially the NBA. Now, now Spud always loved the baseball and, uh, they're kind of doing the same things. I don't think anyone said they're going to boycott. And they're boycotting. I Let me mention this. They're boycotting because of police brutality um, and, and the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, and some NBA, uh, some MLB games are canceled and whatever. But I, I think they're, they're making a, you know, the people who say, oh, people are mad at the NBA boycotts. They're not. First of all, they do have the absolute right to do it. That is a per- that is a great way to show your displeasure for something. Only thing is, I don't think the NBA play- NBA players realize that so many people don't care, and even more people are going to realize they don't care about basketball, at least professional basketball, or at least the NBA. Um. So listen, you want to boycott your season, NBA players? You go right ahead. You do that. That is a a great way. That's nonviolent. That is that is great. But don't be surprised when you come back and people aren't there. And don't be don't be whining, don't be crying. I mean, that's how it is. And, and don't be whining and crying about the vendors and the the ticket sellers and the people who work for the organization, the people who work for the arenas. Don't whine and cry about it. They don't they don't have money now because it, it's your choices that lead to that. And you absolutely have the right to that choice. You shouldn't you should not do what you want to do because of other people. And their jobs, but I don't want to hear you complaining and and trying to guilt the fans to come back if that does happen. And listen, the NBA is going to be fine. It's it's not going to be what it was. I don't think after this whole pandemic, anything is going to be as it was. Well, I'm not, let me amend that. Um, <clears throat> things will be as as they were for the most part. We'll get back to that. But for professional sports, I th- I think. You know, I, I knew a doctor, and he would always say, "You know, we're 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 in a paradigm shift," and I won't get into the reasons he said that, and the, but but that's what he said. <clears throat> um, and and I think this is a big part of it. I don't think he foresaw this, but this is gonna make people realize where sports really fit in on the on the hierarchy of your life, or where they should fit in, because for so long it's it was it's it's a social gathering thing, and now. I don't know if it's going to be that for going into the future, you know, and I, I'm not, I don't know. That's necessarily a bad thing to be honest with you, which you. So NBA players boycotting. Perfect. And I don't, I don't, as far as that meme goes, I don't even, I'll, you know, I'll share it on my Facebook page um, on the adorable boy, Facebook page. I don't know that anyone is telling them not to do this, you know? So, it's my opinion. It, um, let me tell you again. Spud likes to keep himself apolitical. He has his views, but he 
I'm going to keep the Adorable Boy podcast open for everyone. But I will say this. The adorable, I'm also not going to lie. So the left side seems to want to always create problems that maybe aren't there. You know what I'm saying? Out there in Adorable Boy land. This, this isn't a problem. No NBA? Okay. Whatever. We weren't watching anyway. The ratings are down. We're down. And, you know, if the, the Lakers and the Clippers voted to boycott, I don't know if that's, like, official. And I don't even know if they will or can. Um, but go on. I'm sure there will be... I You know, and I doubt they... There will be money situations, I think, with contracts and networks and all that kind of stuff. So, we'll see. Um, so, riots and boycotts and... Just I know oh and a hurricane too. Hurricane Laura. Um it's moved inland and it seems like it's taken its toll. So we we pray. The adorable boy team prays for anyone who's affected by this. Of course, anyone who, who lost their lives, anyone who lost their houses or anything. Um we pray for them. And you know, I mean, rather than and I know she, you know, she's was elected in California. Nancy Pelosi. I just see her picture again. That's why she came to my mind. Uh, she was elected in California. Maybe if she spent less time talking about skullduggery and just, just using every single opportunity to, that she can to do anything, she uses it to bash the president and all his supporters. Maybe she could look into helping hurricane victims, you know. And I'm sure she'll give the the typical, you know, well, we're, you know, what what they do. But maybe she could actually try to help them. Or she could, they could all waste our time some more. That's another option. I, you know what? The, the, more I, the more I think, the more I, I live, the more time goes by. I really do think it's time for the adorable boys to set up their own political party. One that stands for freedom and individualism. Apart from this two-party train wreck we have going on here. So, who knows? Well, maybe we'll we'll talk more about that in the future. Everything the adorable boys do, we'll do. We'll talk it out on air. That's this is this is honest shock jock radio, and that's what we do. We shock like a duel, like we had yesterday. But we also care. The adorable boys care. So, more on that some other time. All right, I think that's all the news that's fit to air. All the news that's fit to air right here on the Adorable Boy Podcast. So we're going to be wrapping up this episode nine. Um, thank you so much for listening. I love going on this journey with you guys every week. It's just wonderful. What did we do today? We talked about the duel and the controversy. Frank and Beans is uh, battered, but um, I would say the other word for for that. But you know how the FCC is; they're always on me. I'm I'm persecuted by the FCC. Oh. That's my life, but, you know, I accept it. That's part of it. What else did we talk about? We talked about some Joe Biden, possible Joe Biden policies. When he said he would make a national mask mandate and um, shut the country down if doctors tell him to, unelected doctors. What else did we do? Um, you know, we did a lot, and I, it can be encapsulated in a few sentences, but... Again, thank you for going on this journey with us. We love it. Um, 
we're gonna we will be back next week with the historic adorable boy podcast number 10 we made it to 10 guys it's 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 amazing and when i started this after my big career in terrestrial radio um i mean i, I when i started i thought i'd have the other adorable boys and them not even them not being able to be on board because they're missing uh, and we're still looking for him. Don't worry. The search party continues. Um, I didn't think we'd make it to 10, but here we are, 10 episodes. I mean, I, when I think of who I was when we started this 10, you know, 10 weeks ago, really, it, it humbles me to see where we got. 10 weeks is a long time, but it flew by for me. It really did. And 10. I couldn't have done it without you guys. So tune in next week for the monumental Adorable Boy podcast, episode 10. Catch us on Twitter if you want to say hi, uh, at Adorable Podcast. Instagram, we don't have much up there right now, but we'll get there. Um, we're active on Twitter, though. Facebook, the Adorable Boy Podcast. We're active there, kind of, too. Uh, you can email us at adorablepodcast at gmail.com. Just drop a line. Say hi. Tell your friends, as well, about the Adorable Boy Podcast on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. It's on Apple, too. Apple is great, a great way to get it. Easy. That's how I get it. And that's it. So thank you again. The Adorable Boy Podcast, Episode 9. Signing off.